from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. Hey, how you doing? This is Coach C. Collins. Coach uh, MJ isn't here right now, but we obviously still got a good show for you. Obviously, you guys have seen me do this by myself a couple times. I got a great guest for you guys today. Um, if you're checking us out on the audio side right now, appreciate it. Obviously, if you're um, checking us out on YouTube, uh, uh, appreciate you doing that as well. Again, do the HBO special, help a brother out. The audio side's doing really, really good. We're up to, I think, 75,000 downloads. So. Wow. That's really huge. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in. Um, obviously, I'm always trying to bump up on the YouTube algorithm, so help me out there if you can. Uh, but I'm really, really appreciative of the guests I have for you guys. Um, at this point, I guess you could call this man a Sacramento native, <laughs> even though he wasn't born and raised here. He's he's definitely left his legacy here. I watched him when I was younger ball out uh with that sacramento kings team with you and c webb and mike bibby and stuff like that like i i was able to you know watch that team flourish um it, it's it's really cool to have him here we've been trying to connect for a long time yeah, a long <laughs> so time, so i'm glad we finally did um without further ado let me introduce bobby jackson thanks for being here man thanks for having me man i appreciate it so um, if case you guys are completely new to basketball in general, cause I know that could happen sometimes to some people listening. Um, I definitely, we, it would take a whole episode to run down this man's accomplishments, but, uh, I, uh, want you guys, um, go ahead, check him out. But Bobby Jackson, for you guys who don't know, um, you know, he played for the Sacramento Kings, uh, played for, well, no, most notably the Sacramento Kings. He's, uh, he's, he's been a journeyman. He's played in the, how long did you play in the league total? 13. 13. Yeah. I was going to say 14 or 13 years. Cause like you and kind of, um, I'm a fan of uh, Larry Hughes too. Okay. So, and I got a chance to meet him at the Phenom camp. So gotcha. you guys kind of have that, you know, you that journeyman, you know what I mean? You guys done your thing. So you're in that tier. And, um, um, well, let me, I don't need to tell everybody everything. You 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 can go ahead and do the quick rundown of um your basketball journey if you would like. Wow, man. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> played in the NBA for 13 years. Got drafted by the Denver Nuggets in 1997. Um, went on to play there for one year. Um, made second team all-rookie. Started like the first 55 games, got hurt, then got traded to Minnesota where mm -hmm. I played two years with KG and Stephon Marbury and Terrell Brandon. Then that summer I had an opportunity um, to sign with the Sacramento Kings. So I, I came here in 2000. I signed as a free agent here in Sacramento in 2000. And, you know, I've been here ever since. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's the crazy thing, right? And um whoever known who would have known that i would have been able to stay here in sacramento for 23 years uh, no. my, my my daughters were born my kids was born here it was raised here so this is home for me yeah. man. and you know when you somewhere for 23 years right i'm from actually from north carolina salisbury yeah. north carolina i've okay. been in sacramento longer than i've been in north carolina. <laughs> in north carolina. <laughs> so this is home for me man i love it um the community is great and you know it's it's been a great ride and i think you know once I got here in Sacramento, I got traded to Memphis in 2005, played there one year, then went signed a three-year deal with New Orleans, played there for two years, and went to Memphis, then went to Houston for a year, and then I ended up finishing my last year here in Sacramento, which nice. was 2009 in 2010. Nice. So at the end of the day, I had a great run as a player, and now I'm on the coaching side. Yeah. Right? And – I think that's a huge step for me. Um, been coaching for like the last 11, 12 years, trying to figure out that process. But you had, and and just so people know, obviously they could look a lot of this stuff up too, but um, you've had success as a coach. You know yes. what I mean? You're not just like just coaching and you're just doing <laughs> yeah. it. You're, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've had success yeah. as a coach, you know. No, no but, I think that's a huge thing. I mean, like being able to come in, when I first started coaching, I didn't know shit. <laughs> 
I didn't know nothing. Well, I, I remember knew. when I first saw you was at, you were doing AU. Yes, with, with my um, Yeah, yeah and, my and, son. and I saw you doing the tribe yeah. and all that stuff. So that's when I first, you know, yeah, got a chance I, to see you. I was really passionate about coaching, especially when your kids get involved. Yeah, of right. Course. And I I start learning how to do things just from the practices on how we practice on preparing practices, what we wanted to work on, yeah. developing, and you know, and it kind of just took it took a a face of his own, right? And again, like I said, when I first started in the NBA, I didn't know what to expect. You don't know that right, side as right, a player, right? Because you don't pay attention to it. Of course, all you gotta do is watch film, <laughs> know your personnel, right? And, and, and your work ethic is probably going to be the best thing that you've known for. So, when I got to the coaching side, it was a, it was a, it was a shock because it was a lot of work. Yeah, right. And now. Um, in my 11th and 12th, my, maybe my 12th year of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been phenomenal, man. And I've been 12 years player development, assistant coach, and I've had the ability to work with a lot of great players. Um, and then I just got promoted, you yeah, know, no. as, um, the number two in Philadelphia. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, right beside big. Nick nurse. So big congratulations. on Thank that, you, man. man. I appreciate it. Right, I always like to tell people, like, you always don't know when your path is. Right. Right? And some people want it quick. Yeah. Right? And I think with the young generation, like, they want that instant gratification of success and really, really And it don't work that way. We know like, that. And I got kids. Yeah. And they feel that way and they think that way. And I'm just like, nah. I've been grinding. Like, it took me 20. I played, started playing basketball at 9 years old, 10 years old. Yeah. It took me up until the age of 23 to get into the NBA. Yeah. Right, so it's a grind. Now I'm on the next phase of my life, trying to be a head coach. It took me twelve years to be, get on the front of the bench in the NBA. So it's a process, yeah, and steps that comes with being successful. I just want all the young people to know it's not going to happen overnight. You got to put the groundwork in. You got to have ten toes down. And you got to be ready to do the work no. because if you ain't ready to do the work, it's not going to pay off for you. And I appreciate you saying a lot because you're alluding to a lot of some of the stuff I always touch on on the show and things like that. And, and, and you've seen, I mean, I'm sure you've seen clips because we mentioned you a lot, uh, like with uh, Deion Taylor was on the show. Um, yeah. Lance, when he yeah. was on the show, they, you know, they were like, Bobby, you got to get on the show with Chris. Like, so no, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you're finally here. But no, it, we all agree. And, you know, there's no fake shit about it. Like we all agree, like, like you embody a lot of the culture that's, you know, in the basketball culture in Sacramento, you know what I mean? And, and you're a fan favorite, you know what I mean? It's just, it is what it is, you know? So it's what I want you to speak on a little bit briefly is, um, you, because you've been doing the uh, Stockton Kings, Mm -hmm. right. You've been able to absorb some of those Sacramento guys, right? Like a Jordan Ford and all those guys. Um, can you reflect on that and speak on your time on that a little bit? Yeah, man. I, I, I took over the Stockton Kings two years ago, and I didn't know what I was doing, man. You know, I knew <laughs> I wanted to coach, right? And, you know, I, I had a philosophy. I had an identity. I knew um, how I wanted to play, um, how I wanted my structure offensively, defensively, yeah. what my co- offensive concept was going to look like. But when you get in those st- shoes yeah. on that big stage – Different. That's different. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's not a, like in I've coached AAU basketball, yeah. I've coached high school basketball. It's different because yeah. you're coaching grown men, right? And, and in they the got game, life issues yeah, and everything else. Yeah, it's hard, mm-hmm. right? The first year I struggled, and I think as a first year coach, you always gonna struggle. <laughs> like if you go in thinking you knowing what you going like you think you know everything, yeah. man, it it hits you in the face real I quick. So. That. That first year for me, it was an eye-opener, but I learned so much, right? And I think the biggest thing with me was figuring out how to manage my player, manage the game, mm-hmm. substitutions. Yeah. That was hard. The timeouts was 30 seconds, Yeah, right? And you got to be prepared. You got to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're drawing up. Mm-hmm. And you got you to gotta engage the guys, Right, so for, so for me, my first year, it was a learning experience, and I'm happy that I went through it because it taught me a lot about the coaching world. Like, you think you're walking in here and you think it's going to be easy. Yeah. It's a lot of 
attention to detail that comes with the game of coaching. And I would probably say the most important thing is the management of the players. And like, you're dealing with, and sorry not to cut you off, I'm just saying, um, but you're dealing with guys who are obviously hungry, right? Because they're, I, I take the, the, the guys in those situations, they're, they're looking at a glass ceiling, yes. right? Like they see right in front of them where they want to be, obviously, yep. right? They want to be where you had an opportunity yep. to play. They want a career on that NBA side. Now, yes. and, and and let's make um, hopefully people who are watching this and listening to this understand. A lot of those guys are really, really talented basketball well, players. No. So that should – I try to give my kids kind of, you know, I try to give them context, right? Because yeah. I tell them, like, the guy that you think is weak mm-hmm. on, you know, let's say who had uh, – uh, bad season like the Houston Rockets the guy yeah. who you think might be like the 15th man on there yeah. can go to your local 24-hour fitness <laughs> lifetime fitness and most likely bust your ass yeah, like cause you, yeah because these kids think oh he sucks because I'm like no he has he has an NBA roster spot trust me that dude don't suck <laughs> like you have to explain that to these kids nah, so now you're dealing with the G League guys the developmental guys who are like trying to crack that ceiling yes. do you did did you did you maybe have some difficulties with that in per se. Not like they were insubordinate, but you're trying to relate to them as a guy who's trying to help them get to that side. You know what I mean? Uh, you always gonna run across that. Right? Yeah. I mean, especially when you when you're coaching athletes. Yeah. Right? You always run across a guy that think he knows everything and he's you know the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> um, my biggest thing with me and which helped me out was I played the game yeah. for a long time. Right, and I'm, I might I might not be the smartest, but I do my homework. Right, right. I watch film. I'm organized. I'm attention to detail. Mm-hmm. I'm a great communicator when it comes to my guys. If yeah. you got an issue, and you don't like your playing time, come sit down, and I'll tell you why not. Why okay. you not playing these many minutes? That's good. Um, but I also like to give guys roles. Right for a team to be successful in my uh, mindset, I think everybody has to understand what their role is. Now you can not like that role, and it's a debatable. It's debatable for me, right? Me and you, yeah. But I always like to tell guys what their roles are before the season starts, so there's no confusion once we get into the midst of the season, right? So for me, it's about the communication and accountability. And allowing you to be the player that I think you're going to be when you get to the NBA, because most guys think they're going to be this superstar right. in the league. Right. And now, man, you're going to probably be a role player coming, coming into the league. Yeah. So you got to take that mindset in the G. If you play in the G, you ain't not you're not stepping on somebody's roster and making an immediate yeah. impact. So figure out what your role is. Figure out what your niche is, and that's what I think I did more than anything is try to help guys develop their roles and facilitate who they were as a basketball player instead of just rolling up the ball and say, hey, go shoot up all the balls. Right, right. It was team concept, team chemistry. It's all about one it's not about one person, it's about the team. And you had success doing it. So yes, I did. that's that's your that's the fruit you bear right there. So um let's speak let's circle back to AU a little bit, right? Because I want your perspective on that because I do think that's part of the reason I really kind of a big part of the reason why I really wanted you on the show. Cause you're someone like funny enough watching your progression as when I was younger, mm-hmm. watching you be a basketball player to being an AAU coach, being in that world. Yeah. And then now progress. It's like, and funny enough, you, it's kind of the, the same with me. You've seen my progression as, yeah. you know, I remember when I coached uh, against your daughter for yeah. middle school girls, uh-huh. right? To now, you know, you see what I'm doing here at YBA. Yes. I'm really curious of your perspective. Um, and, and I really want you to speak to parents, kids, like talk to them. Cause I just, you know, I'm a guy talking, right. But obviously your, your name, who you are, my hat is going to have some more weight. Just is what it is, which yeah. I'm fine with. Right. Yeah. But Speak of AAU in general, as you see it, you know, you can think about it from when you were in it to just where you see it now, AAU basketball in general. Can you tell me some good and some bad points? Yeah, I could tell you a lot, man. I, I think the biggest thing, like, if I go back and if I put myself in the AAU shoes and how I think now yeah. as a coach, yeah. I would have hated I would have hated <laughs> me as a player. You know what I'm saying? Because right. 
I was ball dominant. <laughs> I didn't want to pass. I wanted to shoot all the rocks. Right. So I would have hate like as a coach. Right. You look at yourself. I like, look at myself like I can't coach this motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. Right now, I, like I'm looking at them like pound, 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 right. pound, 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 pound. Like, nah, you can't play with me, player. You got to get out. Like, I'm. That's one of my pet peeves. Right. I don't want you pounding the rock. You want efficiency, man. Right. If you if it take you seven dribbles to get somewhere, <laughs> get off of it. That's just yeah, it's I'm funny. You're it. saying a lot of stuff I say yeah, in practice and three dribbles. Yep. Right, and a lot. I think with players now. They have to understand how to be effective and not be showboating while they're on the floor. And I think everybody's trying to make a name for themselves, yeah. right? And everybody's the next big thing or next big player that's it's the coming social, up. It's the right? social and media. Social media is driven. Yeah. So, right, I think sometimes AAU basketball, can it can be great when you have great teachers and coaches that's going to hold guys accountable and teach them how to do things the right way. Now, when you say just roll off the ball, now that's just another story. Now, there's going to be some talented kids yeah. that's different than the other kids on your team. For me, I think allowing them and teaching them how to play the game at an elite level, because once you get to college, you're not going to dominate the ball. Once you get to the pros, you're not going to dominate the ball. The, the game right. is changing so dramatically that – Nobody wants that one-on-one basketball no more. Nope. Like, it's only a certain amount of teams that have those players that can play one-on-one basketball. And people, I don't think, realize how special, like, those guys, like a Kevin Durant. Oh, man, those they guys just are don't, special. Yeah, yeah, they just don't get it, you yeah. know. And, and it's not a lot of them. Yeah. But AAU basketball makes the the amateurs think that they are <laughs> – that, every, that everybody's good. Yes. <laughs> you score 25, your man scored 27. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what's the difference? No. Um, but I think, you know, AAU, I think it's trending and going in the right direction. I think it's still because of social media, right, the NIL, shoe deals, yeah. clothing, sneakers. It's a lot of money. Right, it's a lot of money in it. Um, and But for me, I would like it to be done the right way where – Everybody respects the game, but come in hungry, humble, and ready to work, right? Nice. And I don't want a kid on my team that's like, oh, man, I did this and I did that. And he's talking about himself. And team is not considered about one individual. Yeah, It's about the whole team, right? Right, And so I kind of preach that. Like, if you got your own hidden agenda, if you want to get likes and you want to have your videographer <laughs> – Right. Watching you work out or it got it with you um, doing AAU practices, that's fine. Yeah. Right? If you want to figure out how to grow your marketability, mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But I love people to come in a gym that's just 10 toes down, focused, locked in, and just yeah. all about their work. I appreciate that. And and that's, that's part of the reason why I created this platform, you know, and um, – even on, I like on my YouTube channel, I have a docu series where I'm I'm showing, and it's like you know uh, my producer Johan makes it, but it's like five minute episodes, three minute episodes. But you know he comes with me and he comes to my practices. He comes with me to some of the tournaments because I want people to see how it all works. You know what I mean? If if like you said, I try to do it the right way. He, he got me on film saying, "Hey, we need to pass the ball. Hey, you need to play your role." Like I want I want people to see more of the good because yeah. I think sometimes the bad. Overshadows it, you know what I mean? Like, like how many times, you know, you could see it on the news. Um, a referee's getting into a fight with a parent, or you know, big brawls going all over the place. You know, like, and and my thing is, that's not the majority of AU. No, most and most AU basketball weekends go pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But of course, you know, you see the fights break out. You, yeah. you, and I hate to say it, it's it's unfortunately most of the time it's melanated people. Unfortunately, you know, our brothers and sisters out there getting into it. And it's easy to just point and say, oh, see, that's what they do. See, that's that type of basketball. So I try. I really wanted to create this platform to sit down, listen to people's journeys and show people the positive side yeah. of all this. And there is a positive side. Yeah. Right. And I think one bad apple, two bad apples can make it look make can make. A, a rotten batch for yeah. a lot of people. Agreed. And I think at the end of the day, right, sometimes parents, you just got to sit down and let your kid hoop. 
right? I think parents sometimes think their kids are the best thing since sliced bread. Even if you get fouled hard, if you get knocked down, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it is okay, <laughs> right? And, and it's not the end of the world. So I think parents sometimes are a little bit more invested in the hype train yeah. than their kids, right? Sometimes you just, like, I was one of those parents. Right. I'm yelling, I'm yelling in the stands, getting kicked out of the game. In high, like, I was bad. <laughs> but see, at least you could self-reflect and yeah, admit that. Like, you could I say, was, hey, I should have done a little bro, better. Bro, I was bad. <laughs> like, I go to my daughter's high school game, my son's high school game. I'm yelling, hey, Rev, you suck. What are you doing? <laughs> like, And I reflect back, and it, you look at me now as a coach. Yeah, yeah. You're a lot more chill. <laughs> I'm like this, bro. Like practices, yeah. I'm I'm loud, yeah. I'm yelling, of course, yeah. I'm I'm energetic, yeah. but during the game because we work so hard during that process and leading up to that week of the game, like I just have confidence that our guys is going to follow off the game plan, and then I don't have to yell and scream and do all that stuff. Now you may have some questionable ball, yeah. some questionable calls. But I've, I've I reflect back from coaching my daughter's team in high school and coaching them in AAU, and I was bad. <laughs> I was one of those bad parents, bro. Like, and I'm like, what was you doing? <laughs> I th- I think when we get, I mean, when, you know, that, like like we're talking about uh, just getting older, right? You you get to reflect and you think hindsight, like, damn, I should have done better. But the good part is you thought about that and you learned from it. You know what I mean? Man, you know the biggest lesson that I learned. My daughters. Nice. Right? And coaching them, you got to coach a different way. You got to yeah. coach women a different way. You can't Absolutely. yell at them, can't scream at them. Absolutely. And, man, my my 19-year-old daughter now, who's a, going to be a junior at Spelman, come home for practice. And, you know me, I can yeah. leave everything at the gym. Right, right. Man. She's upset about. Whoa, she. And it's <laughs> upset for, like, two, three days where she wouldn't talk to me. Oh, and it's like, what's wrong? Right. Why are you mad at me? She's like, you told me that I sucked in practice. Stop acting soft. I'm like, it did. It rolls, it rolls different bro. for boys. Yeah, it does. It's it different. Does. And it so when I started coaching my daughters, I figured that I, I had to cut back on coaching them hard. I had yeah. to bring a more positive message to them because they wasn't, they're not, they don't have the same mindset yeah. as, as the male athlete. You're right. Right? And you got to coach them a little different. Right. Not saying that they're not, like, they're competitive. Yeah, yeah, so competitive talent. But the psychology learn, is different. Yeah, the psych- psychological mind that that they have, like, that she's looking at me as dad. Yes. Right? And she wasn't looking at me as coach. Oh, my dad talking to me crazy. <laughs> she didn't see coach at all. So when we go home, it's like. Right. Like, I don't want to talk to you, Dad. No, Dad, I ain't messing with you. Get out of my face. I don't have nothing to say to you. So, for me, I had to shift a lot of my coaching philosophy and coaching style because when I played, I got talked to like I was a piece right, of trash. Right, right, right. Like Same I, here. Yeah, it was, you ain't, you, like, who coached you? Right. Like, they need their coaching license revoked. Like, and this is in college. Right. And I was the best player on the team. So, yeah. just getting that tough mindset and that tough coaching critique like i had to change it especially when i was dealing with my with my daughters and it kind of helped me involve into a, a a a more direct honest more positive coach that uplifted guys and and if you stepped outside the box i'll let you know yeah but i just try to reinforce a little bit more positive vibe that didn't disrupt practices that's games. very cool very cool i am. Um, so, uh, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Doug Christie was on the is on the Kings coaching staff yes. still, correct? Right. Yes. That group. I just I know you probably get asked about this a lot, but you know I I it was just so it was a good time of basketball when I watched you guys play because my Warriors sucked during that time. Mm-hmm. So because I'm a Bay Area kid, yeah, yeah. and um, obviously watching a uh, uh, Kobe God rest his soul and and you got and Shaq and just that whole vibe of you guys going at each other for those years and having that rivalry. Do you still reflect back with those guys and you guys still you know maybe talk every now and then and just say, man, that was a good ride. I mean, obviously 
I'm sure you guys wanted to win it all, yeah. but I'm just saying, do you guys get a chance to reflect on that? Yeah, we do, man. And I think that's the good thing about, right, getting older, right, and, and going back and reliving the glory days and, you know, figuring out as coaches now, yeah. Doug is an assistant with the Sacramento Kings and yeah. Philly, not reflecting on how we can impact the game at a different level. The game has changed has. tremendously, man. The and Steph Curry effect. Man, right? <laughs> Everybody, like, it's it's threes and layups. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think the only team that kind of plays like a 2000 team is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, I agree right? with you. They play out of the low pole. Yeah. They play off of splits. They can they can shoot threes, but that that's not their bread no. and butter. And they have a big who can pass yeah, the hell out the ball. they got a big that can pass, <laughs> and so – when you go back from Blotty and see well, yeah. we had those two yeah, bigs to pass yep. the rock, right? And I think we came up short. And, you know, if we can go back and do it again, I, I don't like making excuses about anything right. that I do in life. And, you know, I think it was a learning um, situation for us, yeah. right? And people say the refs. We all know the game. Yeah, yeah. So, they've analyzed it on YouTube man, plenty of so, times, so many times. So <laughs> I, I, I'm one of those guys. Like I think Game Seven was probably the best officiated game out of the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we we just try to take what we learned 20 years ago, yeah, and then try to be creative, innovative, and allow our guys to develop and grow. And help them be successful basketball players when they step on the floor. Very cool. And it's and it is cool watching all you guys um, you know, still be in Sacramento, still be a because I had uh, Andre uh Page's son okay. on my show yeah, yeah. uh uh before he went to his McDonald's All American game. Nice. So we had a good podcast, you know what I mean? And that was really cool just talking to him, reflecting with him. So cause because, again, my lens is unique. I got to watch you guys mm-hmm. do it, yeah. and now I'm talking to his kid yeah, <laughs> about crazy. it. You know yeah. what I mean? That's all, like, that, crazy. that That was an interesting experience. So, no, it's just um, just big up to you guys, man, and what you've done with the basketball culture here. So I do want to talk about this next venture for you yeah, with, yeah. with Philly. Um, I'm assuming you're for sure excited. Super excited. Um, and, and, you, and you did kind of mention it just earlier in the show. You want to be a head coach, I'm assuming, yes. for an NBA team, yes, you know, about. one day. Um, and, well, kind of a two-part question. Uh, before you talk about Philly, with what the Keens did this past year mm-hmm. and with with, um, with Coach Brown, yes. um, with Mike, um, you know, had, before that, have you, like, kind of known him or talked to him or any of that stuff? Or this, this, was this like your – because I'm assuming you guys talked and, you know, you um, got a chance to kind of pick his brain and see uh-huh. things and learn from him from this year yeah. that hopefully you're going to most likely carry with you for the rest of your career. What 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 are some of those things maybe that might have yeah. helped you grow? Uh, number one, uh, I think Mike is a phenomenal coach, right? And coming in, I didn't know him like that. I yeah. knew of him. Yeah. And we didn't have a great relationship before he got here. Okay. Um, I think coming in, you know, for me, I'm always a sponge. Right. Right. I'm always willing to soak up and learn as much mm-hmm. as possible. Always trying to be the first guy to gym and the last guy to leave. Nice. Right. And I think that's why I've allowed myself to be successful in being in this league for 26 years. Mm-hmm. And understanding, you know, like the hard work that comes with it. So with Mike, you know, he came in and, and he laid down his foundation, right? And he, he knew what the culture that he wanted to create, right? And he he hired his staff and, you know, first day of training camp, it was like, hey, you doing this, we doing this. And it was all accountability. Okay. Right? And, and I think that's the biggest thing, accountability and communication. Okay. Right. I think those are the two things, the two things, two most important things that you got to have when you're dealing with professional athletes. Okay. Right. If you don't have the communication, number one, how do you hold guys accountable? Right. Right. So I think communication, your communication with your players, getting to know them, understanding who they are as players, and then the accountability. Once you figure out who they are, he did a phenomenal job of breaking that down breaking down those walls and, and getting those guys trust. Yeah. Right. And I said, I think learning from him this year mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Nice. Right. And just understanding the makeup of the game, um, asking him, how can I be better as a coach? What do I need to get better with? And I think in this coaching world, 
like you need criticism. Yeah. Right. And it got to be constructive. It can be hard. Yeah. Right. But I think at the end of the day, I'm a grown man. I like constructive criticism. And I think that's the best way to go about being a good coach and a good basketball player. I agree. Right. And, and you got to be able to take criticism. It's right? hard. To, it's hard. You know, sometimes it's hard for us to put a mirror on ourselves or, you know, look and say, ah, I probably did this wrong. Yeah. Right. That's always. But it's usually you find the best out of yourself when you can do that. You yeah. know what I mean? So now let's you go to Philly tomorrow. We start this venture. Um, What's your what, what are you looking forward to? The expectation. I mean, you're going to be uh, you're going to be around Embiid and <laughs> all these guys like what, what, what are you thinking, man? Man, I'm excited, man. You know, it's the summertime, so a lot of guys won't be there. Yeah, we have coaches. We will have coaches meetings go, leading up to summer league, and um, Nick hasn't really appointed any summer league duties yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited to get there and get my feet wet and understanding to get the lay of the land, find a nice apartment where I can live at. <laughs> um, but it's going to be different. Yeah. Right? I'm going to be yeah. living downtown Philadelphia. Yeah, that is good. Um, it's not like Sacramento. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm going to be – I won't be in the suburbs. I'm Because our practice facility is in Camden, New Jersey, right across oh, the yeah, highway. Yeah, you're right. Which is 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes yeah. from Philadelphia. So you're so, going to be like in the city. Yeah, city. I'm going to be yeah. in the city, city. Um, oh, man. So – that's going to be interesting because I haven't lived in the city since maybe 2014 where I worked oh, yeah. with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, so that process, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm just, I'm eager to learn. Okay. Right? I write everything down. I, you know, make sure I got all my my philosophy and everything, practices and scheduling. Nice. I got all that ready to go. Um, but Going to Philly, I'm just waiting to see what, what Nick is ready for me to do, have me to do, what position, what I'll yeah. be coaching. I think Nick is diverse where he's super smart. Yeah. Um, and he's different, right? Yes. And he's been coach of the year, won the NBA championship. So who wouldn't want to learn from yeah. him? Yeah. No, right? Totally if agree. I have that ability to learn and take the knowledge that he's experienced in his last 10 years at being in Toronto, man, I'm open for it, right? And I think that helps me become a much better coach and right uh redesign my philosophy and help me get to my 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 big goal as is a head coach so i'm i'm super excited about this next step in line no that'd be really cool man i i, I do hope it all i mean i i, I believe it will cuz you you've been proving it for years now man i think it's just a matter of time right it's a matter of timing and just the right circumstance but you you're doing your thing man i um wanted to circle back with you on this one, because, because again, you're someone who played college, did phenomenal there, played in the NBA, had a great career there. I just don't think kids nowadays, and again, maybe we just sound like the old fossils. Maybe you know, I try to speak yeah, yeah. from that lens, you know, because there's video after video taken, and I'm true of this too. I say it myself, you know, basketball softer. These kids are softer. They're yeah. mentally so I hate to say it, but it's true. Like, yeah. Johan, I give him shit all the time because he's like 20-something years old. I'm like, your generation's soft as shit. Like, yeah. I just tell him that, and I try. But I try to also think, okay, at the end of the day, we still got to coach them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, st we still have to look at it from their lens. But I just don't think parents and kids just understand how hard it is for you to do what you did. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, like the work you put in, the hours you put in. You know, the, the, I don't know about you, but I didn't have shooting machines when I grew oh, up. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I didn't even have a gym. <laughs> right? <laughs> so man, I'm saying, like, we were outdoors. Man, I, we was outside on the playground. Yeah. Because I, exactly, I grew up, you know, I grew up in Oakland. I grew up yeah. in the Bay, right? And, and um, I, you know, I, I played college. I played overseas for a bit, right? Mm -hmm. You know, of course, I was like any kid. Wish I could have made it to the league, whatever. But ended up still having a solid career. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, even then, I think of all the hours, all the work I put in just to do that. So I'm just saying, if you could speak to your level of work and your work ethic and things like that. Because I just think kids and parents don't get it. You know no, what I mean? they don't, man. I think the biggest thing about the new generation, man, and I talked about it with, you know, the instant – you know, gratification yeah. of success, yeah. right? And understanding that, right, how to break down those walls, right? And and how I came about it, like, I worked out seven days a week. 
Kids don't even think of doing that. Seven no days a week. <laughs> like, and understanding, like, I knew at the age nine, I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't have no basketball trainer. I didn't have somebody paying for my workouts. Like, I figured out how to master the game on my own. Mm-hmm. And if I would have had that, that the kids have right now. Crazy, right? Oh, my God. I say the same thing. Right? And so, I didn't have, like, a player development guy that I, my parents can pay for me to get better as a hooper. I yeah. didn't have that. Right. That's what I had myself, my ball in a park. <laughs> right. And I never went to a, I would never went to a basketball camp. Wow. I never got, I never got an individual workout by anybody. Right. And for me, I kind of taught myself how to be, a division one basketball player, mm-hmm. a pro, yeah, and even a head coach. I'm taking on a lot of these responsibilities on my own, and I've really start to get that and see how Mike Brown is maneuvering, and now I get to learn from Nick Nurse. But my playing career, like growing up as a kid, man, like I did it seven days a week, rain, sleet, snow. <laughs> I found some way, somewhere to work out. And I think the dedication part of that is is kids got to understand, like, if you don't work out every single day and you're talking about being a D1 player, I was talking to a kid, my buddy's buddy's son, uh, like two weeks ago. Yeah. He was like, I want to play Division I basketball. (laughs) I said, how many times do you work out a week? Yeah. He said about three. (laughs) That's usually the common answer. I said, what? Yeah. And it's like one, and it's, let's make it clear three days for like one hour or two hours yeah i said three <laughs> who are you gonna play for i said listen man no college coach wants you on their team if you think you working out three times a week yeah it's gonna get you there you might play d3 basketball right right, right. but you definitely ain't playing d1 unless she's like, like seven two man and, and even then, then you might sit the bench and he got a bad attitude. <laughs> oh shit! That's a horrible attitude. Like I, I went to watch them play. Yeah. And man, I was like, bro, <laughs> arrogant, cocky, team loses. How's and, his body language? Oh, bad. See. And I was just like, bro, he coming up. Like I was talking to him. He was like, man, my team, they they suck, man. Like I was like. No, you turned the ball over four times when I was watching. You didn't get back on defense. You keep asking for the ball. He was like, what do you mean? Tell me what you – what do you mean? <laughs> you sound like me. Like, that's how you play? I said, right. bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, bro, you got a – your body language? Yeah. And your attitude is – I don't like it. <laughs> That's why I told him I don't like it. You got to fix that, bro. Yeah. Because you ain't that good. And you ain't that talented, and right. you don't work hard enough. So it was like, like for me, I like humbling guys, especially young athletes that think they, oh man, I just scored twenty five against a team that's subpar. Yeah. Right. Nobody cares about that, bro. Right. Like, you don't even play hard. You don't even. You're not even a good teammate. Your teammates don't even like playing with you. I just this, I just watched this guy for 45 minutes. <laughs> First time playing him. First time watching him play. You can I, see him. Oh, man. I said, bro, <laughs> I, like you're a horrible teammate. You don't play with effort. You turn the ball over. You got a great feel for the game. Yeah. And you can shoot it. But what else do you do? You don't defend. You hit a screen. You lay on it. So, for me, it's – being real with him. I'm, I'm not trying to kill his confidence. No, but you got to be honest. Yeah, but you got you to gotta give me more. Like, you ain't giving me everything in your wheelhouse. You're not giving it to me. So, why are you thinking you're going to be a D1 player when you don't even play hard? And you don't play hard every minute that you're on the floor. The effort and the coolness of AAU basketball, man, has changed so much that – Everybody thinks that's the normal way of doing things, and it's not. It's just a a bad reflection on you. So if you AAU kids are listening, if you don't work out at least five days a week or six days a week and you want to be a 
D1 basketball player, that ain't happening. He's on fire. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, just me, man. No, I agree. Like You're preaching a lot of what I say. You can circle back on damn near every episode. You're and if you don't play hard. I told my 27-year-old son the other day, effort is everything for me. You can control that. Yeah. With anything that you do in life. If your effort sucks, whether it's playing basketball, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's your relationship, whether it's your business, right, whether it's with your kids, if you don't have effort in everything that you do in life, how do you become successful? I always use effort with everything that I do, whether it's at practice, whether it's at coaches' meetings. Like, our effort got to be there every single day. And if you don't have that and you think, oh, well, I'm going to cheat the game. No. Nah. Oh, I'm going to go in late for work. I'm going to only be there for two hours. Yeah. Right? If I'm only going to spend minimal time with my daughter, right? Oh, I'm going to put a couple hours in with my, my relationship. Oh, I'm just going to go ahead and shoot for 30 minutes instead of an hour, hour and a half. Like, if you cheat yourself and the effort's not there, how do you find yourself to be successful in life when you're not pouring into your own self? Yeah. Right? So, for me, that's just how I think. And no. I think, you know, I kind of give my kids all these little nuggets. Sometimes they listen. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> but you still try. I still try. And that's my job. <laughs> I'm going to keep trying until I die. The way I, I always use the analogy when I talk to my parents and kids, I say it's like this. Um. And I, and I say, listen, this this D1 thing you want, this college level, back, and even when I talk to my youth, because I got like sixth grade, fifth graders, things like that. So I bring high school up to them a lot. I say, you want to be a high-level varsity high school player. That's your goal. Okay, It's like looking at a mountain. You're at the bottom of it, and you see the top, but you forget there's a mountain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whether you go up that mountain fast or slow, it's still a mountain. You can't just teleport to the top, you know, and that's how I think a lot of kids and parents look at basketball. You know what I mean? I even try to, I've even tried to, I express to my parents, I say this all the time. I say, listen, when you guys see a Stephen Curry, a Kevin Durant, uh, 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 Kobe Bryant tapes, Michael Jordan, go back to any of the top 50 greats, whatever. I say, they're so good. They make it look easy. Yeah. I said, that's what you don't understand. That's when you've reached that level of mastery, even hard tasks, you make them look easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's what I always try to remind the kids and the parents, you know what I mean? So, uh, but they well, don't know the work that they put yeah, in. Yeah. Like those guys, when you talk about work ethic, workload, first guy in the gym, last guy to leave. And they didn't, they didn't just work out for one hour. No. They worked out for two hours twice a day. Yeah. So they getting four hours of work in. That's just yeah. how that's how I worked out. Right. Now, if you work on over 60 minutes, it's like, oh, that's too much work. <laughs> 60 minutes, and then you ain't coming back again at night? No, they're like, I'm Bro, done. Listen, I worked out two hours a day. Now the load management is taking over. Yeah. Everything. Oh, that's too much pounding on your body. Well, it wasn't too much pounding on my body when I made it to the league. Right. What's the difference? Yeah. Right? The game is the same. Yeah. You're playing the same amount of games. Right? What's the difference? Like, so when you say, oh, load management, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, no. Right? I'm, I'm not I, either. We ne- Like, as a player, I didn't say I was tired doing AAU season. Well, because, like, I remember, and I'm sure you remember this, too, because I remember the play when it happened. Um, wasn't it uh, Shaq? Yeah. You like stripped you and broke your hand. Yeah, like and I, because <laughs> I remember because you're tough as nails when you played. I was just hands down, and I remember like when he hit it. I remember seeing you like you came back, like you ran off, and you were like, "What the f-? like?" You know, you could see you were in pain, but I could still see like you were trying to rap it and still like come back. Yeah, and they were like. No, dude, like, yeah. you can't come back. Like, you know what I mean? That and, was Christmas Day. Yeah, and I'm just, I remember that game, as I'm telling you. I've And just, I don't even think a lot of the players nowadays even have that mentality. You know what I mean? Where, you know, you hit them, oh, you hit my elbow, I'm out. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I broke my knuckle in three places. Man. I got a plate and nine screws in it. I still wanted to go in the game. Yeah, like, that's I what like, I'm saying. I remember. Hey, man, put, pop this back in yeah. place. <laughs> he was like, oh, man, you, that ain't popping back in place. And I'm like, that. what? <laughs> like, and I'm like, my heart and my hand is numb, and I'm like still ready to play. Yeah. Right? And like it's I played through so many injuries and so many tears and like it's it's just a part of the process because I grew up with a different mindset. Did that come from just your passion of the game and just, you know, your love of the game too? I I, I would say both. Mm-hmm. I would say more as a kid. I just played against older kids. Yeah. Where I just got beat up, knocked down, right? And you know, and sometimes it, it made me into a tough guy. Yeah. Right? And I think injuries are part of the game and for some people I think Depending on the injury, you need to sit down. But if it's something that you can manage and get through, like an elbow sprain or yeah. a sprained knuckle, like I've seen guys literally stop playing because they got a sprained finger. No right? way. I swear. Right? And whether it's a sprained finger, sprained ankle. Um, that's different. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it, that's just I've seen those type of players even in the NBA. Yeah. Right? And I think – because of the low management and because of the medical department, how more they're have an opinion in that yeah. area, or what they say, don't play, yeah, don't practice, right, right. We got to get, we got to get you a massage. We got to make sure your body's feeling good. I think that is the ability to be hand, that that handicaps the players a lot. But there are some guys that be like, you know what? Nah, man, I'm practicing. Yeah. Right, because some 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 equipment. I mean, some sports management and uh, sports physical therapy. They go. They gonna tell you, right? Hey, sit down. Yeah. As a player, you can tell me to sit down. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> if I can walk and chew gum at right. the same time, <laughs> you try to be I'm, out there. Yeah, I'm on the floor, man. Nah, it's um. It's interesting because I've talked about on other episodes, I say medical science, sports science in general has advanced so fast, so fast. You know what I mean? Our, our, our understanding of the human body is so much more, even more so than when you played, when I played even further back, you know what I mean? But funny enough, it feels like, and again, I could be wrong, but it just, it feels like the bodies have become more and more fragile, Man. you know? And, and I think, I guess this is my theory, my working theory. I think um, athletes in general don't lift enough. I mm. think lifting is becoming less and less and less. Like they do, we're doing more resistance bands work mm-hmm. and like um, body mechanic movements and yoga. And, and it has its place for all that, not to knock any of it, but... I just remember waking up 5 a.m. going to Oakland Tech because the wrestling coach, who was also the football coach, would open up the weight room for the athletes who wanted to be there. And I was there with the football guys. I was one of the few basketball guys doing that. And I'm a thin dude. I've never been like some big guy. So it's like having lifting those weights, pumping that iron gave me that coat of armor to be Mm -hmm. able to go out there and get fucked up and still be able to keep it going. I feel like because we're so far removed from that, and like you said, with kind of this more mindset of, oh, you're hurt, sit down. Yeah. Oh, you're not you're not feeling well, sit down. Yeah. It's making weaker bodies, right? Because injuries are just happening all over the place in the league. Listen, just like the NBA has changed, the sports and conditioning world has changed. Yeah. The physical therapy world has changed. And I, I think because of the load management, I think certain guys take advantage of that. Yeah. Right, and and I think if you can play, play. I'm a firm believer. I should I, like if you're a basketball player, no physical therapist should be telling you don't play. Right, right. And if it's something serious, of course, sit down. Yeah. But if it's like a a little tweak, or you got a back, you got a back spasm, or a pulled muscle in your back. <laughs> Like, figure out how to fight through. Like, I think sometimes you just got to figure out how to manage the pain level and if you can get through it. I think sometimes we just try to take the easy way out um, because the game has changed tremendously, right? And and you don't have that world, like you said, where lifting weights every single day. It's like yoga 
core yeah. bands. Right. It's not the heavy lifting no more. And, like, I, and, and I think that's what made us. I mean, and again, I could be wrong. It's a working theory. I'm yeah, a kinesiology yeah. major, so that's where my uh -huh. brain goes. But I just remember, it, I just because the game is so much faster, I will say that the game is yes. very fast. You know, uh -huh. you got seven foot guys like Giannis who can move like lightning quick guards, yeah, right? Ball, yeah. So the stops and the explosion is a lot more um, violent, yeah. if that's the right word, right? It's like boom, 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 right? So getting that resilience to that impact to me comes from the weight room. Yeah. You know, putting that load and, and lifting it and making that impact and impact it. it but if now all you're doing is resistance bands and stretching, and you're, it's just your body's never going to get used to it to a degree. Yeah, I think some guys do it. I think some guys lift hard. I think yeah. some guys don't lift hard. Right. right. And I think that just depends on who you are as an athlete. I just know when you don't have that durability to, to build strength and you want to play a physical game, like at some point your body's going to break down. Yeah. I'm just wired that way because I'm old school. Right. Right. And I think there's a different method of how the new trainers are developing bodies now. Mm -hmm. Right. Is it right or is it wrong? Who knows? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, right, I'm old school. I like the old school way of how you do things. Yeah. Right. But you also got to be open yes. to doing new things. Maybe you add heavy lifting and the core and the stretching and the band mm -hmm. into your workout. I just don't think you can do heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree right? with that. So it's got to yeah. be a kind of big mixture of how you build out your body. Right, especially with the knees, the backs, yeah. the ankles, right? I, I'm I think those that part of the body which takes the most pounding, yeah, is something that you really gotta pay attention to. And right, I was lucky that I didn't have a lot I had ACL mm -hmm. my freshman year in college and okay. after that I didn't have no more knee problems. That's good. Right? And so everything else was That's my a hands. Blessing. <laughs> everything else was my hands. So I was blessed not to have any major injuries, whether yeah. it's my ankles, whether it's my knees. Right. Right. A lot of my injuries come from my, my yeah. hands. I tore my Achilles years back. And, oh wow. Yeah. And it was just, you know, I was just I was playing at Destiny Church in the men's league. You know, yeah, it was competitive man. or whatever, but I just made one hard Boom. Yeah, right? man. That happened. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's like my 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 athletic trainer. Yeah. She was hooping. Yeah. She tore she tore her Achilles this year. Just hooping. Body's, Playing, like, body's getting old, man. Man, I'm like, <laughs> nope. You want to play B Jacks? Nope. You got it. I, I play be like I play horse. Yeah, just, I ain't <laughs> playing no basketball, man. You guys got it. No, man. Um, well, right before you get out of here, I did want to mention um uh, two Make sure the audience and everyone know. I know you've been working with um, uh, BTS, right? Yes. The the training and whatnot. Uh -huh. Did you want to speak on that a little no, bit? No, without quick? a doubt, man. I think you know when I started my basketball academy three years ago, and you mentioned Larry Hughes, mm -hmm. who owns, who's a part owner. Yeah, BTS. yeah. He, he had talked to me about it when we yeah. when he was first getting started, into it and yeah. starting it up. Yeah, yeah. So it 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 kind of came into fruition with. Uh, me building a partnership and a relationship with BTS. And I started the Bobby Jackson Basketball Academy three years ago, mm -hmm. right during the pandemic when it yeah. hit. Yeah. Uh, which an interesting was time. Interesting yes. Time. <laughs> had to shut it down. was open <laughs> literally like a month and a half, two months. <laughs> and then here we go. Man. Um, and then we doing, I was doing videos on um, just putting out a lot of workout videos, yeah. me and my daughters and, I was just trying to figure out how to gain some exposure doing classes. And, you know, I'm just in an interesting place right now with it um, because I, I partnered with BTS. Yeah. I still have Bobby Jackson Basketball Academy. Right. Um, that's not going anywhere. But, like, growth-wise, trying to figure out is trying to figure out how to grow the academy, um, but also teach the game at a high level. Like, and understanding the fundamentals of the game, mm -hmm. the development of the game, and, right, trying to get our developers to understand how to teach, how to instruct, um, little details about the game that I want them um, to make sure they bring to the table. So it's, it's been cool, man. And nice. we got two locations. We got a location in Citrus Heights at the 24-Hour Fitness. Mm -hmm. um, and then we got a location at the 24-Hour Fitness 
in Folsom. Nice. Um, and okay. we just opened that about two months ago. We probably at the in Folsom we probably got about sixty kids right now. In um, Citrus Heights we got like two hundred twenty kids. Wow. In the program. Nice. So it's been do, it's been going well, yeah. man. And it, it's just just trying to teach the kids how to do things the right way and and create an environment um, that teaches them the game of basketball in a fun loving way and develop them um, mentally, physically, and fundamentally yeah. to give them success on the floor. And um, two more questions before we get out of here. Um, one, I, my last episode, I had uh, Ruthie Bolton on here. Uh-huh. And so, um, and obviously you having daughters and, and I'm very curious of your perspective being a, a, a girl dad, <laughs> um, mm. you know, when it comes to basketball, the WNBA and whatnot, and women's basketball in general. Um, what do you think can help them? You know, because because well, like I look at the women's college, like Angel Reese and and, yeah. um, and the year they had, and a phenomenal year, just in terms of the women's college basketball scene in general. I mean, to the point now that these these women, these young ladies, are making millions of dollars yeah. and NIL deals and stuff like that. What if anything could possibly carry over from that to the WNBA? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you had any idea to speak on that? Yeah. I- I think everybody has different opinions about women's basketball and um, and me having four daughters. I think um, allowing them to have that platform, number one. Um, I think number two is equal right day. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think being a professional athlete and you got Becky Hammond making a million dollars and the players making $250,000. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's for me, that's the problem, right? And you know, if we're talking about, well, we value our players, but you really don't value the players. If the WNBA don't value you, why is anybody else going to value you? Right. Right. And that's just how I look at it. Yeah. No, I get it. Right. If they can only make two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and this is the WNBA, and then you pay a coach a million dollars. What are you saying? Yeah. Right. So how I'm looking at like, how can I get people to buy into that when the WNBA is not pouring? And that's just my, yeah, no, the aesthetic. I get it. Um, It's the the aesthetics with it. And I'm kind of associated with the NBA. Right. I just think like paying it forward and treating them a certain type of way and giving them equal play is, is super important. Right. But it's also another alternative objective that comes with that, which is you got to create revenue. Yeah. You got to get sponsors. You do. Right? It's got to be entertaining. Yes. Right? So there's a lot of things that comes with it, but I think that number one thing right there, until you fix that, yeah, with the coaches making more money than the players. Yeah, that's tough. That's always going to be that's that's, that's going to create tough, a, man. That's going to create an adversarial situation. And no, I do. I I've, I've talked about it on the show. I've talked to you know different women hoopers, college uh, coaches, things like that. And I tell them same thing. I say. I say the the big component that needs to be helped is the marketability, yeah. the getting getting butts in the seats. You know what I mean? And like you said, getting the sponsors. I said, you know, if if I think basketball purists. I, I watch women's basketball. I watch the WNBA. You know, I'm like, I, but I know I'm a I'm a the extreme. I'm obsessed with this game, and I love yeah. the game and stuff. So I'm always thinking, how do you appeal to the common fan? I don't think there's an answer. I just think that's the question they have to ask themselves, which will help their business grow, ultimately, is what I'm saying. And, again, there's no answer. Yeah. Like, I think when you're dealing with, I think, women's basketball, women's soccer, yeah, those athletes are dope. Yeah, those athletes can play. Can they market themselves to put people in the seats? Can they bring in the big dollars, right? And I think that's always going to be a, a struggle um, in that marketplace because at the end of the day, people like excitement, like people like long threes, yeah. dunks, yeah. playing do. fast. Yeah. You know, like the casual fan. That's yeah, the casual what they fan. Look at, that's what they that. looking at. They don't understand. Like the dynamics and how dope WNBA players are, or soccer mm-hmm. players are. Yeah, like they're they're great in their own mindset. 
Um, and the one thing I always tell my daughters is, like, life ain't fair. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, you're right, right about that. Right? And you got to continue to break down these doors, knock down these walls, right, until people get it, right? And I think that's even with even as men, as a black man, walking out that door every single day, being a head coach in this league, I got to figure out how to knock down doors where people are saying, oh, man, he's an ex-athlete. He's lazy. Right. He don't like doing it. So right. there's always. Just because you play in the league, people are going to have a, a preconceived notion yeah, of, how, of who and how you yeah. are. I get that. So yeah, you just got to break down the doors, yeah. right? And who knows when those doors are going to be broken down. Some WNBA player will come by and they're going to break down the door and then yeah. you're going to see – Hopefully that the WNBA players start to make the money that the NBA players make. I'm, I'm not saying $60 million. Right, right. But at least being compensated for the skills. Um, but, again, IG, the marketability, yeah. the marketability of these young athletes, they're making more money in college than they – they making in the WNBA. So why would you leave college? Cr- exactly. I'm going to college for four years <laughs> if I can make a million dollars a year. Exactly. That's, that's what's more happening. money. You're only making two fifty, and that's only the top couple players know. in the WNBA is making. So why would I go to the WNBA? Why would I take a pay cut to go play for an organization where I'm not being benefited yeah. financially very well? You're right. Absolutely. No, man, that's well, thank you for speaking on that. I'm glad. And uh, my last thing uh, before we're out of here, um, obviously, you got this new venture. You leave for Philly tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, did you have any words for for the people in SAC? I know I know, you know. I see it just even from afar. Every time I've seen your hardwood, people just always come. I, I've always tried to be someone that doesn't bother you. You know what I mean? Always try to respect uh like if you're out, Paige is out, any of you guys are out, like I know people come up to you guys all the time. So I'm just saying if you had any words to say to Sacramento, the community, the basketball people, what 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 would you got to say to them? I don't know, man. That's that's a that's a good question, man. Like I've been here for 23 years. And the ability I came here 27 years old and I'm 50 now. Um just to be in this place and be here for 23 years, man, Sacramento has grown on me. Sacramento's home. I think just the city alone, like the love that they have for me, like wherever I go, like nobody nobody messes with me. Nobody fucks with me. <laughs> right? There's love wherever I go. No, yeah, I, no, I know. And that's just – but it's also a representation of who I am and how I carry myself. Right and how I treat people, right and being humble and being approachable agree. and yeah. being able to talk to people and not being an asshole and having an ego and you know like carrying yourself the right way, right. So being here for twenty three years, I've figured out how to handle myself the right way and walk in a certain manner and treat people a certain certain way and respect everybody that that I come across, right. And and Sacramento has done nothing. But accepted me, embraced me, embraced me, loved me, taught yeah. me how to be a, a man when I was a little boy. <laughs> um, and to the Sacramento Kings, man, like they gave me opportunity, right? And through that opportunity, I have another opportunity, yeah, right? And it's home. I'm gonna always be uh, purple until <laughs> I die, right? And I think that's something that's special to me about the city of Sacramento. They gave me an opportunity. They came here in 2000, and I'm going to still keep my home here. I love it. Um, and I don't see myself going anywhere um, sure, until I retire from the NBA, <laughs> until I retire from coaching. Right. And then I don't know where that goes. But the city of Sacramento has, has treated me and welcomed me with open arms, and I don't have nothing but love. And uh, I wish nothing but big and bright things for the Sacramento Kings and, and just know the city of Sacramento. I'm going to be here um, until it's, it's not time for me to be here anymore. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a native man. And, oh, and I'm, that's and I'm cool, proud man. and I'm blessed um, to say I'm from the 
Well, I live here. In yeah, the I city. live here. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Well, you guys have been listening. If you stay till the end, you're a real one. Um, again, uh, big shout outs to uh, um, Sacramento in general, man, to the city. And uh, thank you for embracing this man right here. And if you've been um, if you've been checking everything out, please links will be in the description. I'll have a link to Bobby's IG. Um, please go check him out. Go follow him. Go see his journey, man. He's doing a great thing. I firmly believe you're going to be a head coach someday. And when that happens, I hope you come back to the show. <laughs> but um, no, um, no, no, uh, I really appreciate you um, doing this, man, and taking the time out to do it. Um, you have any quick shout outs you want to do for anybody real quick? Man, just thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Much success to you with your show, man. And I know you've been doing this for a minute, yeah. grinding. You've been in the AAU, <laughs> AAU world. Yeah, I'm probably going to be doing the AAU to the day yeah, I'm no longer so, here. <laughs> yo, much success to you, man. And um, just check out. Bobby Jackson 73 yep. on Instagram and right. you know BTS basketball on Instagram, BJBA24 on Instagram. You know, we're just trying to bring a creative, innovative style of basketball that teach fundamentals, um, but also be dedicated to teaching them about the game of life as well. All right. Because right? I think it's more than just basketball. Yes. Right. Great. It's about the game of life, right? If we can teach them how to be great young women and great young men. When they step out, when they walk out the gym or walk out that door, I think we've done our job. So more positive coaching, more positive teaching, and more positive more positive development for our youth, man. All right, man. Well, you heard it. He said it all. Uh, please, again, hit that like and subscribe. Appreciate you guys for checking us out. And we are out.